All right, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. Uh, I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, aka Coach V. On this episode, episode 123, we're talking women's flag football. This is our week three recap, so we're going to go through all the games, talk about them, and then after that, um, you know, talk about Playmakers of the Week, players that stood out this week. Talk about our power rankings, and then talk a little bit about some high school flag football as well, girls high school flag football, just to shine a light on some uh, great players and teams doing their thing over there. But let's go ahead and get this started with our recap of all the games from week three. Uh, by the way, that is from February 26th to March third that's how we're gonna do it from here on out so if there's any games played on a friday or when this episode comes out we'll just include it in next week's episode so yeah but let's go ahead and get this thing going here all right so the first game of week three happened on february 26 i'm talking about saint thomas university versus thomas university the first time both of these programs met obviously thomas university is a first year program coming off of a dub last week in louisiana and previous to that winning over kaiser in their season opener and then saint thomas you know um despite not having jada graham the quarterback from last year making it happen with holly nahar here Coming into this game at 2-1 with their only loss being over Warner University who is on a hot streak. But let's go ahead and hop into this game. This one was a close one uh, for the most part. This was actually the first overtime game of the season. Maybe of all time. I'm not sure about that. But definitely one of the first ones for sure. So Thomas University, they would get the ball to start this game here um and they would be unsuccessful they would get a couple plays here and there but they would punt after getting a first down there's about nine minutes 30 seconds left in this game so kind of a slow start here uh saint thomas university not too much of a difference here i mean they would go ahead and get their first first down of a game um of this game uh thanks to a beautiful 15 yard uh throw made by holly nahar here it was a nice little out though but after that jada reese of thomas would get a big sack on third down uh, that would eventually force a St. Thomas punt. At this point, there's about six minutes left in the first. And then uh, Thomas University here trying to get something going here. Shelby Hartley is in at quarterback. Um, I believe she started most of this game at quarterback for Thomas University here. But she would get this thing started, get the second drive started by taking a shot down the sideline and get a huge 30-plus yard gain, setting them up in St. Thomas territory. Her receiver, I couldn't see who the receiver was, but uh, her receiver would make a nice catch inbounds that would get them set up on the other side of the field for the first time today. On that next play, right after that though, she would throw a rope on a nice out route for a nice first down that would go ahead and put them right in the red zone in a position to score but unfortunately, Shelby Hartley here makes an ill-advised throw to the back of the end zone, uh, kind of fading backwards and throws it off her back foot. And number two, I believe it's Anquincia Jones of St. Thomas would get the interception, and that would end the first quarter here. To start the second quarter, St. Thomas, they have the ball. Holly Nahar, she is feeding her receiver. Number two, 
uh, or sorry, not number two, number 22, Dejanice Paris, finding her multiple times, including a nice deep pass over the middle that would eventually put them in Thomas territory. But then on third down, Nahar tries to take a shot down the sideline. It is kind of there. It's more of an ambitious throw than anything, but it is slightly over or underthrown. It's slightly underthrown and is almost picked, um, but instead it's just deflected. And then on Fourth down here. Nahar does f uh, find a receiver over the middle. She is open, but slightly airs it out more than she meant. And so then Thomas would take over with about seven minutes left in this first half. But Thomas University, the struggles continue on offense. They go three and out. This STU defense just refusing to budge in any way, not giving them much to work with. And so they go ahead and punt it back to STU here. But this Thomas University defense is playing well. They're forcing Holly Nahar to make a lot of dump-off throws that these corners are now keying in on. And Jada Reese, for the most part, is just causing a lot of pressure. You know, so not giving her a lot of time to set and throw down uh, the middle or set and throw deep. But Nahar, she does take one shot down the middle. It was there, the receiver was open, but the pass was definitely a little rushed because of the pressure here that Thomas was applying, and so this pass is overthrown. Thomas University would force a punt just after the two-minute warning and after a drop check down pass on third down as well, and so Thomas has a chance to score right before the half. But here we go. It's third and five. Kiana Akel is in here uh, at quarterback. She does find her girl, Brittany Delva, for the first down. She gets it. And then Akel tries to find number five, Kiara Knight, on fourth and short. But the ball hits the ground despite Knight diving for the ball. And the refs call it incomplete. This would basically end the half. It is zero to zero. Both offenses, you know, kind of struggling a little bit here. But God give credit to both of these defenses. They're not giving them a lot of places, giving uh, opposing offenses. Offenses, a lot of places to go with the ball here. Uh, notably, Thomas, they're really putting on that pressure here, uh, forcing a lot of passes either really early or kind of late here. And then STU just playing very good in the secondary, not allowing uh, too many places to go with the ball here. So 0-0 going into the third quarter, uh, St. Thomas would get the ball to start this thing. And to open up the second half, Holly Nahar finds number 24, Destiny Francois on a crossing route who would go ahead and break it loose for a nice 30 plus yard gain getting them on the other side of the field here uh, but St. Thomas they would find themselves in a third down situation and Brittany Delva comes up big uh, with a pass deflection almost an interception this uh ball that she did drop was more or less a jump ball though maybe not the greatest decision here uh especially considering how good Brittany Delva is on defense but regardless she goes ahead and breaks it up here um just barely missing out on the turnover this would bring up a fourth down for St. Thomas here. Now on fourth down, Holly Nahar on the run away from the pass rush floats one up into the end zone but overshoots it. Thomas would take over with about eight minutes left in this quarter, standing strong here. Uh, but on offense, Shelby Hartley back in at quarterback for Thomas University is kind of struggling to stay accurate on this drive. Basically, four straight incompletions, including one on fourth down, makes it St. Thomas ball with about three minutes, 30 seconds left in the third quarter. 
St. Thomas would get the ball, but number five, Kiara Knight for Thomas University would have a chance to potentially pick off a pass before this quarter ended here, but would drop it sadly here. And St. Thomas would actually get to the other side of the field thanks to a direct snap to the running back who would go ahead and get the first down right before the quarter end. So here we go, 0-0 going into the fourth quarter. Couple missed opportunities here, both on offense and defense. Obviously, um, both offenses, you know, driving, getting into the red zone, but not quite being able to get it done. And on defense here, Thomas does have a couple dropped interceptions. But regardless, it's still a tied game. It's anybody's game at this point. And to begin the fourth quarter, St. Thomas would actually punt. <laughs> um, their uh, drive would not go as planned there. And so Thomas would get the ball back with a chance to score here. Shelby Hartley this time is on the money for a couple throws. Uh, makes it a nice third and short situation. They would eventually get the conversion rolling out right and throwing it short for a new set of downs. And then Hartley should go ahead and complete a pass to number eight. Brittany Delva, who would go ahead and get them in the red zone here. But in the red zone here, Hartley would float another ball. And number three of St. Thomas, I believe it is Ryona Baker, would go ahead and intercept that pass, killing another Thomas drive. But unfortunately, St. Thomas does not capitalize. And they would go three and out, punting it back to Thomas with about four minutes left in this game. Thomas has a lot of time to put together a drive and go ahead and score. And so here's what they do. They have Kiana Akel back at quarterback. She goes ahead and scrambles to get Thomas University into the red zone. At this point, Thomas is draining the clock right now. They don't want to give St. Thomas a chance to score. And if they do, they don't want to have a lot of time left on that clock. So there's about a minute 35 left in this game when they do get into the red zone. Acol does roll right on second and goal. Gets taken down at the line of scrimmage. Then on third down, uh, Keanu Echo tries to escape a rusher, throws it to the check down, but is inaccurate. And so this is an incompletion here. Clock stops at about 45 seconds, bringing up a fourth down. Then on fourth down, there's a big deflection by St. Thomas's number 22, Dejanice Paris. Uh, just makes a big play here, deflecting the ball. And giving STU the ball back with about 40 seconds left. Fortunately, STU can't get anything. And so they go into overtime here. In overtime. Holly Nahar, St. Thomas, they do get the ball back. She finds her receiver, number six, Tyler Bryant, on a beautiful fade route. She goes ahead and lays out for it and gets the first score of the game. This was hype if there was any. Just a great catch, a great throw right here. They would go ahead and get the conversion thanks to Tyler Bryant as well. And so St. Thomas leads 7-0 here. Now Thomas University, they get the ball back with the chance to match match it right here both the touchdown and the conversion they need to get both to keep this game alive here uh, to start it you know they have Kiana Akel here in at quarterback uh, she would overthrow a pass for a potential touchdown this is a missed opportunity but it does not matter she makes up for it a third and short for Thomas University Kiana Akel runs it in for a touchdown 
putting Thomas on the board here. It's coming down to the conversion here. And so here's how it goes down. Keanu Acol at quarterback, her running back right next to her. Um, they roll out right. Keanu Acol would flip it to a running back who is stopped by number 22 of St. Thomas University. Dejanice Paris, who gets her right before she could score on this one. Uh, and St. Thomas would go ahead and win an absolute thriller in overtime, beating Thomas University, getting the upset 7-6. to six. Tyler Bryant in this game obviously came up pretty big. Going into overtime, she only had two receptions, but was patient, and she made the big plays when she needed to, scored when she needed to, and that's basically why St. Thomas would win. But I do want to make sure I give Dejanice Paris a lot of credit here. On that last drive in regulation here she would come up pretty big as she would get a sack a quarterback hurry and that pass breakup like i talked about to force overtime and then obviously you know getting that flagpole at the line uh stopping thomas university from matching stu that was pretty big all big plays to allow st thomas to go ahead and upset uh you know a Thomas University team that has been rolling. You know, they beat Kaiser. They blew out that team out in Louisiana, Xavier, and whatnot. And so St. Thomas gets a quality dub here over Thomas University. Let's keep this thing going, though, and talk about the next game here, which was also a very good game between Warner University and Kaiser University here. Kaiser, you know, the team that was picked to be at the top of the conference in the preseason, uh, you know, they would have that one misstep versus uh, Thomas University here when they played them in Georgia. Um, but other than that, they have been rolling over teams here, you know, doing their thing, finding a way to get it done as they would get big dubs over Florida Memorial and Midland, uh, winning 27-7 against FMU and 41-0 versus Midland. And then you have Warner University, kind of a surprise team here. You know, um, they would go ahead and shoot up our power rankings for us being the highest rated Sun Conference team. Uh, going into this game, they were 3-0 with dubs over Florida Memorial winning 54-0 versus them, beating Weber 25-13, and then also beating St. Thomas 24 to six and so this was going to be a battle of the heavyweights here in the sun conference and so kaiser would go ahead and get the ball to start on offense here and to start this game but they would go three and out forcing Rodin to really only take passes up the middle or short not giving her any deep passes at all and so warner would go ahead and take over here uh, madison tingen does find her girl cynthia holmes on a nice 20 plus yard contested reception up the seam um holmes was making a great catch right here honestly and this would put warner in kaiser territory but great defense by kaiser they would go ahead and deflect three straight passes bringing up a fourth and short for warner here uh but does not matter tingent would float it to the back of the end zone and they would get a touchdown on a nice toe tap reception here but she would throw it at the end zone on the conversion regardless though warner gets the lead to start this game six to zero tingent by the way finding trinity kieran for that three-yard uh, touchdown pass there. Now, Kaiser, they're back on offense. Jasmine Roden is attempting to, you know, get Kaiser into a scoring opportunity here. But a pass 
that she does though is picked off and is returned for pick six by Janai Rodriguez of Warner University. And just like that, Warner goes up 12 to 0. They will not get the extra point, and so it would stay that way. Warner getting the early jump and advantage over Kaiser to start this game here. But Kaiser. You know, bouncing back here. They are better than that pick six. And they show here on this next drive here. As they put together a methodical drive. A beautiful one, if I may say. Led by their quarterback, Jasmine Roden. Who would go ahead and lead a 66-yard drive. Six-yard, or sorry, six-play, 66-yard drive. That will end with a six-yard touchdown pass uh, from Haley Young to Adriana Cavallotti with about a minute, 37 seconds left in the first here. You know, Kaiser doing just a very good job responding after that turnover, after that pick six. Jasmine Roden would also find her girl, Kennedy Foster, over the middle here for a nice conversion, making it 7-12. to Warner still leading, but this score definitely cut up now warner they get the ball back but they cannot get it going here and on fourth down uh tingen she couldn't complete that pass to keep the drive alive and so kaiser will get the ball back with pretty solid position here and so here's where they get going on offense and jasmine Roden just throws an absolute dot to the sideline to number seven chloe griffin who runs it in for a 40 yard reception um not enough to score on this uh, play right here but she is put in the red zone once in the red zone jasmine roden would run around a little bit and would find number seven one more time chloe griffin for a nice short touchdown they won't get the conversion but they do take the lead by one point going up 13 to 12 over warner as the first quarter ends in the second quarter here you have warner they have the ball Tingen with the ball in her hands finds number nine Hamilton who makes a great move and scampers up the middle but is just short of the first down this would bring up a fourth and short situation Warner though not getting the conversion here and so Kaiser would take over at about midfield one more time getting really good field position here uh, because of their defense and so Kaiser goes ahead and they will make them pay Jasmine Roden making them pay as she finds Chloe Griffin deep down the sideline for another 30 plus yard gain that would put them in the red zone here um after a couple plays here it would be an incomplete pass on third the receiver couldn't get her feet inbounds and so that would bring up a fourth down here Warner with a chance to stop the bleeding here to stop Kaiser from scoring but does not matter, Jasmine Roden finds number 24, Kennedy Foster, who just makes a great extension catch, per usual, for a touchdown here. And then Roden would find number 15, I believe that's Juliana, uh, Julianne Fortin, in the back of the end zone for the conversion, as Kaiser does lead this ball game 20-12 in the second quarter. Unfortunately for Warner, the offensive woes would continue a very uncharacteristic day for Madison Tingen in this Warner offense here as they could not get anything going here. Fail another fourth down conversion. Kaiser will get the ball back, but that would basically be halftime as Kaiser leads 20 to 12 after being down 0 to 12 earlier on in this game. To start third quarter though, Warner is on offense, but 
Unfortunately, Madison Tingen gets a little too greedy and goes deep only for the safety number 13, uh, Cavallotti, to make an excellent interception and give Kaiser the ball back on offense. And on offense, Jasmine Roden, she is in control. She's in her zone right now as she does move Kaiser into the red zone thanks to some pretty sharp throws here. At this point, it looks like she is going for the kill, looking to put Warner away way here by going up by three scores but she gets a little too ambitious here tries to fit a pass over the middle and this pass is jumped by number 21 Cynthia Holmes for Warner who returns at about 20 yards for a nice interception this was honestly more just a great play by Cynthia here just jumping the ball here jumping the pass and then making a play keeping Warner in this game for now and so to start this offensive drive Tingen she is finding number nine Nevaeh Hamilton multiple times and this is enough to get Warner onto the other side of the field in Kaiser territory a nice throw and catch to Holmes uh, would put them in the red zone one more time and give Warner a new set of downs as they are knocking on the door here trying to make this game uh, a closer one to say the least here but Kaiser's defense just really big in general have a lot of tall defensive players lock up don't give Tingen a lot of places to go honestly in the end zone and they stand strong and force a turnover on downs making them go for and out in the red zone here and so Kaiser would get the ball back here and they would keep it going driving um, using up a lot of this clock finding Kennedy Foster on a lot of these catches as we go into the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter here Kennedy Foster continues her reign of terror carving up Warner up the middle and gets Kaiser in the red zone but unfortunately a penalty would push them just outside of the red zone here for Kaiser and then another false start on offense would continue to push Kaiser outside the red zone here but you know what it does not matter as Jasmine Roden steps up and finds Chloe Griffin deep for a 30-yard touchdown reception. Roden would go ahead and throw a nice ball for the conversion as well, making it 27-12, to basically shutting the door on Warner here unless they could get something going on offense. And so here we go. Uh, Madison Tension, she is going to number nine Hamilton, who is getting it done for Warner here, and they would get into Kaiser territory. Right here in Kaiser territory, Tingen would find Cynthia Holmes, number 21, for a nice 10-plus yard reception that would get them in the red zone. They are about 10 yards away, but unfortunately, Tingen cannot fit it into a tight enough spot on fourth down as Kaiser, once again, pushed back into the red zone, stands up strong, and stops them stonewalling them really uh just because of how much length they have in uh, that defense and they would go ahead and take over on offense and from here on out kaiser would basically use up as much of the clock possible run out the time in this game and so kaiser would actually bounce back and win a big one over warner university i shouldn't say a bounce back but i would say this is probably their most uh, quality dub over a squad since playing thomas here so they would get a Pretty big dub regardless, winning 27-12 over Warner University. 
in this game, Kaiser came up big here on offense, specifically Jasmine Roden, 26 of 38 for 265 yards, three touchdowns, did have two interceptions, but for the most part, having a very good game, putting a lot of pressure on this Warner offense to score as this Kaiser offense continuously found big plays and found reasons to continue uh, their offensive drives and prolong them so there you go there Haley Young by the way also you know having a touchdown pass here 2 of 2 for 16 yards and then receiving leaders it was a team effort here Chloe Griffin 5 catches for 105 receiving yards uh, a receiving touchdown she came up with a lot of big plays here Emma Wagonman I, I believe I accidentally called a Chloe Griffin touchdown um, and or sorry, an Emma Wagonman touchdown, a Chloe Griffin one. Uh, but Emma, she did get six catches for 75 yards and the touchdown, like I was saying. Kennedy Foster would really light it up here in the second half and really just be a sledgehammer to a Warner's defense here as she would go ahead and get six catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. And then Adriana Rodriguez, six catches for 32 yards. Defensively, Ariana Payne would lead this Kaiser defense with 13 flagpoles and a pretty key pass uh, deflection here. Story of the game though, Warner, you know, just very uncharacteristically off on offense, you could kind of tell there. Um, but also, I mean, this Kaiser defense standing tall in the red zone a handful of times here. Warner, there would be a couple drives where they would just drive, um, you know, down on uh, Kaiser's defense and get them right up into the back of the end zone, or not the back of the end zone, but right up into the front of the end zone, about 10 or so yards away, but they would just not be able to get anything just because of how good this Kaiser defenses in the red zone so a lot of credit to Kaiser there uh just you know putting that chokehold on that Warner offense once they got into the red zone just having that Ben don't break mentality which was pretty good there Kaiser would get another opportunity to play today, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. First, let's go back to Thomas University, who is playing Florida Memorial here. Uh, you know, Thomas University actually looked to have this thing pretty much locked up going into the fourth quarter. They're up 27-6. to six. Uh, Part of that is thanks to three rushing touchdowns from Kiana Acol, um in the first half that would put Thomas up. Thomas would also snag two interceptions that would set up some great drives. Uh, for their offense as well as you know florida memorial was kind of struggling here but you know making the most of their situation fmu quarterback and i excuse me if i like completely butchered this name i'm sorry but thigh malus they malus uh santos uh did find uh, her two receivers here two receivers for a touchdown kayla mcduffie and erica johnson for two touchdown passes, that would make this one kind of a close one, but Thomas, they would hold on to the dub here, run out the rest of this clock, and would take care of business, beating FMU 27-8. to here fmu though not too bad here i mean you could kind of be proud here thomas they are a very good program as we are finding out as the season goes on and fmu i mean they're trying to build uh their program here they got a dub over midland last week and they're trying to work on that uh progress and momentum they got from last week and so you know losing 27 to 18 
almost uh, giving Thomas a scare here. That's pretty big for FMU here. Thomas, on the other hand, you know, they lost a close one to STU. That's probably a game they should have won. You know, they'll look back at the film and see a couple opportunities there. This game, this one kind of got close, but also Thomas was pretty much in control here. Uh, you know, a couple really good touchdown snags by McDuffie and Erica Johnson would make this one a close one. So credit to FMU as well. But Thomas would leave Florida with a 1-1 one one record, at least from this last weekend but you know what let's go ahead and get into some KCAC action here let's go to the other side of the country basically we have Midland versus Ottawa Midland struggling in their Florida road trip here to not have their quarterbacks uh, it seemed Haley Stanton or Angel Ione, I, I want to say. And so, you know, they're rolling out Michaela Nunez at quarterback. That obviously did not go well. And so this would technically be not only their first in-conference game, but their first game with their quarterbacks. And so Haley Stanton would get the start for Midland here. Going up against an Ottawa defense, obviously they're the national champs, but an Ottawa defense, an Ottawa team that took care of a pretty young Cotty College squad last week, blowing them out there and giving their young freshman quarterback a lot of trouble as well. And so that was kind of the story, you know, how would these freshman quarterbacks, you know, stand up? against an experienced Ottawa defense that just chewed up another freshman quarterback from the previous week. And so here's kind of how it went down. Haley Stanton, you know, doesn't necessarily make the bad or bad plays here, I would say. You know, tries to get a couple yardage, tries to scramble a little bit. But regardless, Midland would go three and out here. And so Ottawa would get the ball back um, or would get the ball to start this game. And on the second play of the drive, Madison Carrera finds her receiver, Bailey Hodgins, who's just wide open on a 29-yard touchdown pass. It looked like to be some sort of miscommunication in the secondary because Hodgins was just not picked up at all. Um, Ottawa would get the conversion here as Jaslyn Camacho would go get that and go up a quick 7-0 to zero here now Midland gets the ball back Haley Stanton is still at quarterback but Alyssa Gillespie for Ottawa University gets a big sack after a first down conversion for Midland here and that will kind of set back Midland as they will not be able to get enough yardage after that sack and so they would punt it back to Ottawa here so no turnovers for Haley Stanton uh, even after that first down and so Ottawa gets the ball here and Alyssa Linkus low-key bails out Madison Carrera as she does come back and get a nice reception uh, but not before Madison Carrera was running around a little bit and Alyssa had to come backwards uh, from the route she was running and go ahead and uh, get that catch there and get Ottawa a first down uh, after it seemed like Midland um potentially had Ottawa's number there for a second but Alyssa Lincoln just makes a great heads up play here and goes ahead and gets Ottawa that first down here now Madison Carrera 
balls back in her hands. She escapes the pressure once again. Midland applying some pressure here, not allowing Carrera to set and throw. But she does find her receiver slash running back, Clara Bodaway here, uh, who makes a nice catch inbounds to give Ottawa their second touchdown of the game. Uh, they would go back to Jasmine Camacho on the conversion, but she could not bring it in. Ottawa leads 13-0 very early on here. For Midland, they would go ahead and take out uh, Haley Stanton here and put in Angel Iowa, that quarterback from Alaska. She is a freshman quarterback as well. Unfortunately, they would go three and out here, and Ottawa will get the ball back here. <sighs> Ottawa's on offense, and honestly, here's what goes down here. Um, just bad tackling slash flag pulling by Midland causes Madison Carrera to basically get out into open field and after two pitches they would find Addie Orsburn uh, that Texas Fury player the player from Texas the freshman who runs it in for 21 yard well, technically 21 yards for a touchdown uh, really covering that last 10 yards as uh, Carrera did a lot of the heavy lifting there before pitching it over uh, and then that player pitching it over to Addy, who would go ahead and score for Ottawa here. Um, that was probably more of a, of a situation that Midland could have stopped at the line. Uh, I believe they had Carrera corralled at one point, but nobody pulled her flag, and uh, it was just it was just bad angles basically. And so um, with that, you know, Ottawa would get the conversion. Camacho would get it, and they would go up twenty to zero with about forty three seconds left in the first quarter here. Now Midland, uh, on offense here, they have Angel Iowain at quarterback. She does overthrow kind of an easy swing route to Sade Irvin. That would bring up a third and nine right before the quarter would end. And then in the second quarter, it would be about fourth and three for Midland after um, she would find Casey Thompson for a reception. They would go ahead and get the pass to their center who would get the first down here, keeping this drive alive. But right after that, Angel Iowain would just force a bad throw. I don't know what she was really looking at here, but it was definitely into double coverage. And Ottawa's uh, Jennifer Anthony gets a pretty easy interception there. But Midland, on defense, would force a 4th and 13. Casey D Thompson breaking up a jump ball here on 3rd down, uh, bringing up the situation here. And Madison Carrera, she tries to run, but is stuffed and is short of the 1st down. And Midland actually gets the ball back, getting the 1st stop. Uh, at least I want to say the 1st stop on the season on Ottawa here. But... It is 4th and 13 after a couple of short passes. Uh, Angel Iowin is still in at quarterback. And then on 4th down, uh, Angel, she would sail a pass on 4th down. Ottawa would take over on the 7-yard line with about 6 minutes left. 7 minutes really left in this quarter. But Midland not going away. Sydney Red would sack Carrera on 1st down, bringing up a 2nd and 13 for Ottawa. But they would go ahead and basically run a sweep to Addy Orsburn, who would gain 8 yards on that play. Then they're in a 3rd and 5 situation. Carrera would run it up the middle herself. 7 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Addy Orsburn would catch the reception for the conversion as Ottawa goes up 27-0 as their lead is ballooning here. Now Midland here trying out their 3rd quarterback 
of the first half of the game in Desenia Barcina. To start out her drive, she would find Spencer Mawfair for the first down pass on a nice out route. And then after that, Barcina would scramble out of a sack and get some yards. You know, and it looks like this Midland offense is going, but she would drop the snap on the next play, making it a very long third and 23 here. Um, she would then go ahead and throw an incompletion on third. Then on fourth down, Barcina would air this one out, but it's really tight coverage in 101, and the pass is incompleted here as Ottawa takes over after the two-minute Warning here that Madison Carrera is still in at quarterback. Finds her girl Alyssa Linkus on a dime in one-on-one -on -one for a touchdown reception on the first play after the two-minute warning. They would get the conversion, making it 34-0. Then after that, Barcina, um, she would complete two good passes before taking a shot to a Malfair down the sideline who could not come down with it. Uh, Jennifer Anthony just making a great play on the ball. Uh, really good in coverage there. And then right after that, Barcina would make kind of a bad throw under pressure from Serquina uh, here that was applying that pressure. And Jennifer Anthony would get another easy interception here. Um, and then it gets a little interesting. Ottawa, I think, is trying to score here with about 30 seconds left. You know, they pitch it to Orsburn, who gets like 30 yards, call a timeout with about 30 seconds left. Uh, call a couple plays, but nothing happens here. Ottawa is up big 34-0 at this point here. Now, honestly... Not too much more to talk about here. I mean, in the second half, Midland would make some adjustments. Now, defense played better. You know, uh, Madison Carreras, she would have a though intercepted by number 19, Cheyenne Duran, uh, thanks to pressure from two Midland players. And then Angel Iowan would actually take over at quarterback for the majority of of this second half here uh, making some things happen leading Midland down the field and would actually get Midland in scoring territory here in the red zone and that would end with Sade Irvin just basically outrunning the entire Ottawa defense and getting in on a sweep play for a rushing touchdown wouldn't get the conversion though so there you go there um, this Midland defense is playing better in the second half here forcing another three and out here like I said Angel Iowain is still in at quarterback she is kind of finding her rhythm here does find Michaela Nunez for a nice nine yard reception um, and then she would gun a pass to Cheyenne Duran who outmuscles the defender McKay and gets a nice 15 plus yard reception and a first down uh, she would try to go back to Duran in the end zone but uh, would miss that open pass this would bring up a fourth and 12 unfortunately Angel she would overthrow this ball on fourth and 12 in the red zone and Ottawa would take over then you have the fourth quarter here. Like I said, Angel, she's taking the majority of the snaps at quarterback here for Midland. Uh, they have not replaced her uh, at all so far here in the second half. And so to the last big play, I would say, of this game here, Midland... Um, Midland's quarterback, sorry, Angel Iowa, and she would find Allison Malfair on a big-time play here. Uh, a 40-yard touchdown throw and reception to the end zone as Midland gets a little bit of something going here uh, but regardless they would still lose this game Ottawa would end up beating Midland 41 to 12 here 
Madison Carrera once again having herself a nice day 19 of 28 for 213 passing yards four touchdowns only two interceptions but also had about 80 rushing yards on the ground on 11 attempts and a touchdown as Ottawa takes care of business against Midland and Midland uh, now at 0-4 now it's important to keep in mind their situation here. Uh, that Florida road trip was tough. They had to play three games on the road. That's never an easy thing to do, uh, basically on a weekend. And to do it without your quarterbacks, you know, Angel Iowain, um, Haley Stanton, uh, Barcina here, all three basically making their debut in this Ottawa game, that's tough. And then having to turn around and play the defending national champs, that's even tougher here. Uh, I think the thing with Midland here, I mean... I wouldn't go into complete panic mode because they are 0-4. But moving forward, they got to find a quarterback. You know, they have three different players play quarterback. Um, I'm just going to note this as well. Haley Stanton really only had two or three drives here. Uh, was the only quarterback to not throw an interception but did not get the start going into the second half. Just going to be honest, that's uh, really interesting to me and uh, some of the people here on the Playmakers Corner. We talked about that. Um, hopefully, Haley maybe gets a couple more opportunities here you know, to get this going here, uh, along with the other quarterbacks. But like we say all the time, football, you know, it's a long season. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to learn and figure some things out. And so we'll see how Midland adjusts moving forward here. But Ottawa continuing their dominance, uh, bringing up a nice 2-0 record. But with that being said, let's go ahead and go back to the East Coast here. We have Weber versus Kaiser here. Kaiser playing their second game of the week here. Weber coming off of kind of a tough stretch last week. Some pretty tough quarterback play that would result in them going 0-2. Now, in this game here, Sierra Harris, uh, I think she is hurt. I did not see her suited up at all. And so they're going with Sammy Wilson, uh, Sam Wilson, sorry, the freshman quarterback for Weber. And so Weber would actually start with the ball. Wilson, uh, like I said, getting that start at quarterback here. And so after a couple plays, they find themselves in a third and short situation. Would throw a dump off throw, but it would be stuffed by Kaiser, making it fourth and second. Uh, a false start for Weber would push them back farther. And so after initially uh, thinking about going for it, they would eventually punt the ball here and so Kaiser would get the ball and on this offensive drive thanks to two big Kennedy Foster receptions who gains about 10 plus yards on each reception they are moving and are in the red zone here but it is fourth and goal with about 13 yards to go here and Jasmine Roden is actually sacked here and so Weber takes over at quarterback and that would actually be the end of the first quarter or uh, most of the big things that would happen in the first quarter and so here we are in the second quarter Sam Wilson finds her receiver Hayden Roop for a 15-yard reception that gets them on the other side of the field but Wilson would go ahead and end this drive here, finding number six Bree Cam on a short touchdown throw. Conversion after that is batted down, though. But Weber takes the lead 6-0 to zero here in the second quarter. Now Kaiser's back on offense, and Jasmine Roden is about it, trying to get Kaiser uh, back in the driver's seat here. She would throw an absolute missile 
to Kennedy Foster, who just comes up with the catch for the first down. Uh, after that, Roden would find Foster uh, with an absolute dot over the middle. Uh, Kennedy Foster making a contested catch, by the way, and going ahead and uh, pushing them into the red zone after a couple plays here. After that, we have the two-minute warning, uh, but Jasmine Roden would then find Cavallotti on a nice little hitch route for a touchdown, and then Jasmine Roden goes ahead and goes back to Kennedy Foster on the conversion, who would catch it, and they would go ahead and go up 7-6 to six here in the second quarter after that two-minute warning. Now, Weber, they have the ball, have some time to make something happen, but unfortunately, they would go three and out. They will put the ball, but the punt would actually go off of Kennedy Foster's leg, and so they would recover it and take over in Kaiser territory with 21 yards to go here to score with about 47 seconds left in the half. But before Sam Wilson and this Weber offense could get going, number two, Wagonman for Kaiser would get a pretty big sack that would disrupt a lot of that momentum and basically the clock would run out as Kaiser would pull um, the receiver's flag, the Weber receiver's flag, right before they could cross the goal line here. There wasn't really any real danger, but Kaiser would be up 7-6 to six going into halftime in a pretty close game here. Now, in the third quarter, Kaiser starts on offense and Jasmine Roden once again finding Kennedy Foster who mosses three defenders just about for an excellent catch for about a 20 plus yard reception Kennedy Foster here really eating in these two matchups here um, and then on this drive continuing on this drive here Roden would find Sidney Woodman who would catch a nice pass that would make it a second and eight then Roden would scramble for about seven yards um, she had Chloe Griffin open in the end zone I don't know if she just missed her or whatever but there you go there and then you find yourself in a third and one situation Jasmine Roden makes up for that missed touchdown opportunity and finds number two Emma Wagonman for a short touchdown pass and then on the conversion Jasmine Roden would actually evade the pass rusher and then flip it to Adriana Rodriguez who would get the conversion and make it a 14 to 6 Kaiser lead now Weber they take back uh, the ball here on offense only down by one score 14 to 6 but Sam Wilson makes a Bad decision and throws a pick six to Ariana Payne, who just houses this one. Uh, they don't get the conversion, but they are up 20 to 6, uh, putting Weber in a very tough situation and basically kind of ending this game here. But still, a lot of football to be played as Sam Wilson does find Breeza Robinson on a nice 20 yard gain and then finds Hayden Roop on a 7 yard reception to get into Kaiser territory here responding quite well initially but Weber they find themselves in a 4th and 6 situation a 4th and 6 situation excuse me but number 22 Pellegrino for Kaiser does jump off sides, making it fourth in inches. Instead, Sam Wilson would go ahead and scramble instead of throwing to kind of a wide open Hayden Roop here. And her flag would be pulled well short. And Kaiser would take over with the ball. But right before the third, or sorry, right before the fourth quarter, uh, they would go three and out here. And Weber would have the ball to start the fourth quarter here, only down two scores, 20 to six. 
Um, but Sam Wilson isn't at quarterback. She tries to force it to Hayden Roop here. But number 13, Adriana Cavallotti gets a huge interception for Kaiser here. But number 18, Valerie Guevara gets a big sack on third down on Kaiser. And this would actually force Kaiser to punt with about 9 minutes left in the 4th. So there's still a lot of time to go to work here if Weber could get it together. But unfortunately, they cannot get it going as the last two passes they throw. The first two passes they throw after the punt are not brought in. And Weber would eventually go three and out and not get the fourth down conversion here. And Kaiser would take over here. At this point, Haley Young is in um, the backup quarterback for Kaiser. She is in right now. And Kaiser just uses as much time as possible. Uh, Weber calls the timeout with about four minutes, ten seconds left. And then they get the ball back and get something going here. And so here we go. Uh, Weber, they drive and they are in the red zone here. It's about first and goal here. I believe it's number zero, actually, Sydney Woodman. She would miss the flag of the receiver who would catch a hitch route thrown by Sam Wilson. And that receiver would go ahead and score a touchdown there, um, making it... 13 to 20 after uh, Wilson would find Roop for that conversion. There's about three minutes left in this game. I believe Weber really only has one timeout. And so Jasmine Roden is back in at quarterback for Kaiser. After about two, you know, check down passes are completed, Kaiser would call their last timeout with about two minutes left. Uh, number nine, Breeza Robinson for Weber here would make a great flagpole, making it third and long for Kaiser right before the two minute warning. But does not matter as Jasmine Roden does roll out right and finds number seven Chloe Griffin who mosses a couple defenders but grabs the ball for the first down and a 20 yard reception. That would end this game as Kaiser survives 20 to 13 in this one. Um, Weber trying to make a comeback but this Kaiser defense just playing very very good football here. Um, in this game, Jasmine Roden was 26 of 33 for 213 passing yards, two touchdowns to one interception here. Uh, she would also have 16 rushing yards. Um, her receiving uh, leaders here was Kennedy Foster. She had seven catches for 115 yards. And then Emma Wagonman would have 11 catches for 47 yards and a receiving touchdown. On defense was where Kaiser, like I said, shined. Um... I believe this is Samaya Bryant. She would have 12 flagpoles and a TFL here. And then Ariana Payne um, would have five flagpoles and, and that pick six as well. That would basically win that game for Kaiser here. And so Kaiser, you know, doing a nice job here. Going 2-0 against some very quality opponents here um, this last weekend. Weber, on the other hand, uh, not having Sierra Harris, that definitely hurts. I mean, there are some plays where they have two quarterbacks in the backfield, so they can make that system work if they want. But offensively, continuing to struggle, you know. Turnovers was a big thing. That pick six was the game changer in this game. Uh, regardless, though, Weber is still a talented team, and, you know, they still have time to find their footing here. Whether it's with Sam Wilson, whether they decide to commit to her, or Sierra Harris, whenever she does come back from her injury we will see but let's return back to the kcac here and uh you know wait a day as well as it is february 27th we have kansas wesleyan versus 
Cotty College here. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan, you know, this is their season opener. Cotty College coming off of a kind of a tough game against Ottawa University, a team that, you know, won the national championship last year. And then going into this Kansas Wesleyan uh, game here, I mean, Kansas Wesleyan was basically second in the KCAC uh, at the end of the season. They did win that silver bracket in nationals last year. And so this is a very good squad. And you know what? They kind of get it going here as K. AWU's uh, Brianna Hernandez Silva did have a nice nine yard rushing touchdown to start this game uh, for Kansas Wesleyan, but they would miss the conversion. Still, though, it is six to zero to start this game early for Kansas Wesleyan. Now, Cotty College, they have Emily Kane at quarterback. She takes a deep shot, um, but it is an ill-advised throw as Hernandez Silva on defense this time comes up with a big play and intercepts that ball, getting the ball back for this Coyote team here. And then this time around, it is Kendra Monroe with a nice 20-yard rushing touchdown on a toss play um, that would go ahead and rush it in and put... Kansas Wesleyan up 12 to 0. They wouldn't get the conversion here. And so Cotty already down 12 to 0 early on in the first quarter here. But unfortunately, the offensive woes continue. They can't get anything going. And so they punt it back to Kansas Wesleyan. On the third drive here, um, Hernandez Silva would scramble for about 20 yards and get it into the red zone. And then she would find Ashley Hawthorne on a nice touchdown throw to the corner of the end zone. Once again, though, Kansas Wesleyan not getting the conversion. And so it's only 18-0 here going into the second quarter here. Cotty really needing something on offense offense as their defense at the very least is not allowing conversions and so you know you take what you could get here but struggles continue as i believe it's number 11 for kansas wesleyan here courtney dinkle from greeley colorado by the way getting a pretty big sack here sacking Alyssa hollis who was at quarterback and then she would actually also go get Emily Kane here later for a tackle for loss. And Cotty College would go three and out. But the disaster continues as the punt is dropped. And so Kansas Wesleyan um, has a very, very short field, like five yards to go. And so that's converted pretty easily in a touchdown reception to number five. Uh, and if I say this wrong, I am sorry. But I believe it's Kui Wiley. I want to say. Um, and so Silva throws it to her. And they would actually get the conversion this time as well. Making it 25-0. to zero. Uh, That touchdown reception being the first of three to YLA there. Now Cotty here. You know they're on offense. And basically they're trying to force feed their playmaker Daniela Goodridge. Um, trying to catch her on a couple deep passes here. But she is getting doubled. And they aren't successful. And so they have to punt again. And this time... Kansas Wesleyan uh, Silva escapes and finds Jada Wilson who comes back for the pass and scores a 40-yard touchdown pass, um, touchdown reception here. And uh, Jimenez for Kansas Wesleyan would get that conversion. Um, then once again, Cotty College, uh, they go three and out here. And this is basically, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the rest of the game here, but for the most part, this game is over. Um, look, defense for Cotty College is just not 
I mean, they're, they're put in tough situations. They're out on the field a lot here, barely getting kind of a lot of rest. But also, Cotty, I mean, they don't have the biggest roster, and so most of these players are playing both ways, and so it's kind of just a tough situation for them, um, already just playing shorthanded here. And so Kansas Wesleyan would actually win this one pretty easily here, 63-0. to zero. Uh, Brianna Hernandez-Silva won 13 of 24 for 143 passing yards, 6 passing touchdowns, 76 rushing yards on seven attempts and a rushing touchdown as well. Like I said, Kui Wiley had four receptions for 28 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns in this game here. Having a very good start to their season, you know. Uh, they they got to be happy about this start for sure. And so, congrats to Kansas Wesleyan here. Like I said, Connie on the other side, uh, you know, they're, they're still kind of a building team here. Like I said, they barely... Well, actually, I just looked at the roster. They don't even have enough to go 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, with their team. And so, that's kind of a tough sitch, uh, plus some other things here. You know, we knew this about Connie going into this season. I'm not going to panic about, about them. You know, I mean, you know, we knew they would be a team that would be rebuilding, trying to, you know, get some good starting blocks here. And there are some players that are doing their thing here, you know. Uh, Angelina Cruz, she had some plays here. Kenzie Murdoch, she's out there, you know, leading this team and this defense as well. Daniela Goodridge, she not only on offense has shown some promise, but especially on defense has shown that she could be a very good safety, breaking up a lot of deep passes whenever they do it though. Uh, her way and whatnot and so they have pieces you know but Cotty they're, they're building right they're trying to get better every game and they are getting better every game and so um so yeah there you go all right up next we are gonna talk about the University of St. Mary versus Ottawa they would play on March 3rd this is actually when I am recording this episode so I just saw the game here and so let me go ahead and talk about that game here so USM they are starting their season so this is not only their season opener but it's also their home opener so they're starting that at home and so here's how it goes down uh st mary's they actually get the ball first and um, unfortunately they would go three and out looking a little rusty here a couple dropped passes from their receivers so that they they would go ahead and punt it to ottawa and ottawa Look, man, I mean, we know what they are. They're the defending national champs. You know, they get this thing going on offense pretty quickly here. They get in the red zone after a pretty quick pass and a nice, uh, I'm honestly, just a very nice yards after the catch by number 13. I believe that is Tiffany Cuevas or Cuevas. I think that's actually it. Uh, but she goes ahead and makes a really nice run after the catch gets at least 20 yards afterwards. And so they're in the red zone here and then Madison Carrera finds her receiver Courtney uh, Wiley on a nice so short pass here for the first touchdown of the game then after that uh, Carrera would find Clara Bodaway on the conversion getting Ottawa up pretty early on in this game 7 to zero here now st mary's they have the ball back here and they're gonna be aggressive they play a lot of this game aggressively on offense here and Cheyenne Galbraith goes ahead and tests this Ottawa defense deep on the first play and just barely misses her receiver who was in 101 and had a step on the defender there. And so that was definitely tough there. Um, they will complete a short pass to get a couple yards and then take another deep shot. I believe this was to Caroline Simpson. But 
one more time the ball was just slightly too far and I believe also out of bounds there and so you know a couple missed opportunities early on here um, on these deep shot throws but they would get the first down as on fourth down they will throw it to their center who goes ahead and gets the yards um, allowed to keep this drive alive and this drive keeps going as the quarterback Cheyenne Galbraith for the University of St. Mary uh, gets a nice 15 yard scramble keeping the second drive going but Unfortunately, disaster happens here, and on a slant route, Cheyenne throws this ball. It's a pretty good ball. I think the receiver could have been a little tougher here and caught it, but instead, the ball is tipped, and Alyssa Gillespie, excuse me, Alyssa Gillespie for Ottawa would catch the tipped pass for an interception for Ottawa and return it a good amount of yards to almost get Ottawa into the red zone here. And so that's where this Ottawa offense would start here. Madison Carrera would find her running back uh, number one. I believe it was Clara Bodaway one more time for a touchdown. They wouldn't get the conversion, though. The ball is slightly overthrown. But regardless, Ottawa is now up 13-0 here in the first quarter. Now, St. Mary's, this is their third drive of the game on offense here. Uh, the first one was quick. The second one, they had some things going before that tipped interception. But here, they get it going as well, starting with a strong catch by Caroline Simpson over the middle that would go ahead and get St. Mary's in Ottawa territory here. Um, they would go ahead and take a shot into the end zone before this quarter ends, but would just barely miss a receiver who was open here. And so um, that's a missed opportunity there. But regardless, starting the second quarter, they are in Ottawa territory. But unfortunately, you know, they take another deep shot and they miss it. And this would force St. Mary's to punt the ball back to Ottawa here. Now, Ottawa on offense, um, not meeting too much, I guess, opposition so far in this game here. That's a little apparent here when Madison Carrera, the quarterback for Ottawa, does scramble out for about... 30 yards before pitching it to a running back who gets a couple yards and this will go ahead and put um, Ottawa in the red zone kind of quickly here and then this drive would end with Carrera throwing a jump ball to her receiver Alyssa Linkus in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown she would make a nice catch there and come down with it um, they would get the conversion and so that would make it a 20 to 0 game pretty early on here Ottawa up by a bit their offense kind of doing what they want here but st mary's you know they're trying to find something on offense themselves and so they go ahead and throw the ball here down the middle on a post route to their receiver Dyer Stelius, I want to say, number four. I completely apologize if I am butchering that name. Please reach out to me over DMs if uh, you do know how to correctly say that. But she makes a really nice catch here, kind of over the middle here. You know, this was a good throw, uh, just um, just ahead of the corners and, uh, you know, just short of the safeties. But she would snag this for about 20-plus yards, getting St. Mary's into Ottawa territory again for the second time in this game here. And then number 23 for St. Mary's here, that is Ashaya Smith. 
catches a nice slant route that would get St. Mary's in the red zone for the first time today. Now, um, they are on the goal line basically here. Cheyenne Galbraith, she does rush about two times here. Uh, the first time would put USM right on the two or three. The second time, she would try to scramble and get to the corner and score for St. Mary's here, but unfortunately, her flag was pulled just before she got in, and so St. Mary's would actually get stopped at the goal line just barely after a pretty promising offensive drive here. Now, Ottawa, you know, they have a chance to score kind of, you know, late in the second quarter. They have about less than a minute left in this uh, first half, I would say, and so here's how it goes down. Madison Carrera, she would scramble for a good amount of yards before finding a wide open um, number one, that's Clara Bodaway, on a I, it, it was basically a pitch backwards. I mean, she threw it backwards, and then she would scramble for about 20 more yards, getting Ottawa into USM territory and pretty close into red zone territory as well. But the St. Mary's defense would actually do a very good job staying strong and stop this Ottawa team from scoring before the second half, limiting them to only 20 points here um, in the first half. I think that's the lowest for Ottawa so far this season. But going into the third quarter here, Ottawa, they get the ball. Bailey Hodgins, uh, a wide receiver, would snag a nice post route for herself right up the middle here uh, and get Ottawa into USM territory. But, you know, honestly, this USM defense is kind of doing a good job here. They're playing a very, very tough zone here, not allowing any big plays at all, whether it's scrambling or going deep here and forcing Ottawa to settle for a lot of short throws that, you know, this defense would come up and um, make some good flag pulls and good tackles here and fly to the ball here. Uh, this is where the St. Mary's defense really turned around and started giving Ottawa some fits here. And so here's how it would go down. You know, after a couple plays, it would come down to number 23. I believe that is Shia Smith. Uh, once again coming up with a huge sack on fourth down that would stop this Ottawa team from scoring uh, for the second straight drive here and St. Mary's would take over here on offense but unfortunately they would miss a couple more deep throws here uh, most of these were open you know they were just overthrown or the timing just quite wasn't there and so they would go three and out and punt the ball back to Ottawa here you know, at this point in the game, the game gets a little chippy. Ottawa's only leading 20-0. to A touchdown would make it only a two-score game here. But USM, they're trying to play with a sense of urgency here. And on defense, that's what they're doing. They're doing a pretty good job kind of limiting this Ottawa team in the second half here. And then, um, this is kind of a play that I... I feel like might be a little controversial here but Ottawa tries to go over the middle for a pass I think this was a post route here you know you had your corner you had your safety and the St. Mary's safety honestly just makes a great play on the ball and breaks up the pass um, this pass did go up in the air and was almost picked by the other St. Mary's safety but was dropped here but this was a pretty aggressive collision here um, I mean if you're just watching it in real time it Almost looks like the St. Mary's safety just wallops this receiver here and lays a hit on her. And she does go down for a little bit. And there's a pretty sizable weight here. But 
that receiver would end up being okay and would come off the field here. And so Ottawa, they have the ball. They are trying to drive, you know, use up a little bit of this clock here. St. Mary's is coming up and, uh, you know, flag pulling pretty well here, not giving Ottawa too much. But I, I believe this was a personal foul. I... I don't know what it was, but from what I could see, I mean, Caroline Simpson, she kind of tried to contest the pass here, scrapped at the ball maybe one or two times too many, and then pulled her flag of the Ottawa receiver. They would throw a personal foul on her, and that would basically put Ottawa into USM territory and on the other side of the field here. I get it, you know, it, it was a little, I mean, you know, it might have been a little bit too much. There was probably some things being said there as well, so I wouldn't have been surprised. But from what I could see on the live stream, it looked like she was just trying to be aggressive and break up the pass. That's just me, though. Regardless, this would definitely hurt uh, St. Mary's momentum. Um, just, I mean, it's a tough penalty. You never want to take that one. And basically, Ottawa would eventually score here. Madison Carrera would break off a nice 20-yard rushing touchdown. Maybe a little bit more here after the personal foul. Uh, wouldn't get the conversion, but Ottawa goes up 26-0. Basically putting this thing away at this point here despite the St. Mary's defense playing very well for the most part uh, prior to that personal foul then we're going into the fourth quarter here uh St. Mary's they're on offense they're trying to get something going you know they had a couple of drives that kind of worked out here and there they were on the goal line at one point they just couldn't get it and so you know here in the fourth quarter they're trying to score before the game is over and you know what here's how it goes down Shine Galbraith finds number 22 Ashlyn Tuss I want to say who just absolutely scorches the DB I was covering her in 101 for about a 30 plus yard reception uh, obviously this would put St. Mary's in Ottawa territory and just about in the red zone as well uh, Shine Galbraith she would rush two times the first time would put her right on the goal line just like before in the first half the second time was right up the middle and uh, St. Mary's would get their first touchdown of the game here Galbraith would then throw it to number four on the conversion who would come down with the pass and they would go ahead and get the first touchdown and conversion of the season. Uh, still down 26 to seven though. Now Ottawa, they're on offense. You know, they are trying to just use up time at this point. Um, they're just trying to, you know, move the ball, use a lot of the clock up uh, to, you know, get, get this game over with and whatnot. But, you know, this St. Mary's defense was kind of taking away a lot of passing options and just simply forcing their offense to run it. You know, whether it's the quarterback scrambling or whether it's them handing it off. Regardless, though, they weren't getting too much here until Madison Carrera would eventually find Addie Orsburn here, who would burn a couple defenders before stepping out of bounds for a nice 30-yard gain here. Um, she, I mean, look, Addie here, she is one of the fastest flag football players in the country and whatnot definitely a threat and so this was definitely the move here to give her the ball to you know kind of grind out the the rest of this clock and whatnot and so obviously that would get them a new set of downs in USM territory and then Carrera would once again find Orsburn um, this time on the right side of the field uh, for a nice 10 plus yard reception she would go ahead and um I think a break a tackle attempt and then get in the red zone here for 
Ottawa here, and then to kind of end this drive here, they would go ahead and throw it to number 13, Tiffany Cuevas, um, who finds a soft spot in this pretty tough USM-like zone defense and would score a touchdown. Big props to Madison Carrera. I, I just want to make sure I say that. You know, she was very patient in this specific play here. Just finding her receiver open. Uh, looking her open for the most part here. And that and she would go ahead and score there. And then Carrera would run it in uh, for the conversion. Making it 33-7. to Now, you know, USM, they're approaching the two-minute warning and whatnot. They're trying to get on the board one more time before this game ends. Cheyenne Galbraith, she takes a shot down the field. She's slightly, well, not even slightly. She underthrows her receiver, Jerrica Johnson, who definitely had a couple steps on her defender. And Jerrica Johnson, oh my goodness, number five, just stops, catches the ball, snatches her defender's ankles, makes her fall down, and then takes off uh, downfield before another defender. I think this was a safety doe for her flag and just barely got it pulled here. This would go down for about a 40-plus yard reception here. Then they're in the red zone. But unfortunately, they run a couple plays here. Can't get uh, too much here, and they can't score. And then the two-minute warning hits uh, before they could score, obviously. And Ottawa would win this game 33-7 to as it would end right there here. I'm just going to be honest, though. I mean, St. Mary's, for their opening game of the season, this wasn't too bad. I think something to keep in mind was that they didn't have their senior receiver, number seven, uh, Shannon Cooley. That She was like one of their number one receivers last year. Obviously, she is also one of their tallest receivers. And so that's definitely kind of a big loss there. One would have to imagine how different would this game be if, you know, she was in the game. Right, uh, because honestly, what it came down to was that St. Mary, they St. Mary's, they just couldn't get anything going on offense, uh, or at least they couldn't get as much as they probably wanted going on offense here. They took deep shots, which I liked. Uh, these are the right decisions for the most part because the receiver had a step on the defender almost all. I mean, pretty much every time they threw deep here, but they were just slightly out of sync. I know there was also a play here where the receiver should have probably dove in the end zone for a touchdown but uh i mean just didn't and so you know for a first game definitely not bad for st mary's uh i gotta praise their defense defensively they really gave ottawa some troubles here in that second half if it wasn't for that personal uh, foul or whatever it was honestly i mean they probably would have stopped ottawa right there after that tough pass deflection just in general, this auto or this St. Mary's defense was playing very well here and, you know, gave Ottawa a pretty significant challenge here. But Ottawa, you know, continues to dominate and they win, like I said, 33-7. to And this would be their last game of Week 3. Um, I believe tomorrow, well, March 4th, they will be playing a couple games uh, there as well. I want to say against Cotty and then Kansas Wesleyan. So that'll be really interesting to see how they fare against those teams. But I would definitely say that this St. Mary's game was a little bit more of a challenge here uh, compared to their first two games of the season so far. Alright, and in the last game of week three, also the second game for the University of St. 
Mary here. Um, they would play Cotty College. And real quick before I go into it, I mean, first off, the live stream wasn't available. And obviously, I'm recording this March 3rd at night here. And so... Shout out to our homegirl over at St. Mary, uh, Caroline Simpson, for giving us the update here. You know, we hit her up real quick just to ask what that outcome was. But St. Mary's did win 37-13. to Just a very good performance, obviously, from USM. And then Cotty College, you know, hey, scoring 13 points, that is always a good thing there. Um, the only other note I have is that Caroline Simpson, she had three touchdowns in this game. So uh, congrats to her. Those are her first collegiate touchdowns and obviously her first dub. So St. Mary's, they do go 1-1 one one today, March 3rd here. Uh, and to begin the season as well so there you go those are all of the games from week three you know what coming up here we are gonna talk power rankings based off of this week's games and all that great stuff but we're gonna go ahead and take a break and then come back and talk about that coming up next All right, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast here. We're going to talk power rankings. So uh, myself and my fellow co-host, Cody Stoffer, who is also watching games and, you know, taking notes as well, do power rankings. And so each of us make our own power rankings, and then we basically average it out from there. But you know what? Let's go ahead and hop into this here. So at number one, we both obviously have Ottawa. I mean, look, personally, I'm not going to drop them until they lose a game here. Uh, Cody had a lot of the same thing to say. He said they're the top dog until proven otherwise. Their win over St. Mary's wasn't as dramatic as the score shows, but it's still a great victory with some missed opportunities to focus on at practice this next week. So definitely a little bit of a challenge, but regardless, still came out with the dub and that's why they are still number one. At number two, we have Kaiser. I'm going to read off what Cody said. He said they got two quality wins this week. Shows that Kaiser is still the biggest obstacle in the Sun Conference. They continue their dominance over Weber and topple our number two ranked team in Warner behind some quality defense. You know what they say, defense wins championships. And this week, it helped them win two very tough games and I would absolutely have to agree I think at this point Kaiser you know definitely took over the top spot here at least in the Sun Conference and you know after a, a, a slight slip up against Thomas you know they've really come back and proved themselves that you know they're they're the top dog in the Sun Conference at least for now so there you go there at three, uh, we have Warner. Cody said if only they could have played the last three quarters, like the first one, after a hot 12-0 start. Uh, Warner loses this game to 27 unanswered points and no solutions for Kaiser's leading receiver. They were still competitive in this game and should have their eyes on the Sun Conference rematch with Kaiser here. Um, same, I agree with what Cody had to say here. I'm not going to drop Warner that low because Kaiser is obviously the top dog in the Sun Conference right now. And so, you know, Warner just slightly drops one spot here. And then at four, we both had St. Thomas. Cody said, in one of the hardest tests to be faced all year, the defensive game 
of the year ends with St. Thomas toppling Thomas University. And then in parentheses, he said confused yet on the names, question mark, and parentheses. Then he continues and says, in fashion, true to a defensive showdown, this game ends on a major stop on the conversion by the St. Thomas defense that should give them plenty to be excited about and gives me great vibes about them in close moving forward. Um, yeah, absolutely have to agree. They grinded out a tough one against a talented Thomas team here, man. And honestly, St. Thomas, in my opinion, I wasn't sure how they would, uh, you know, respond to Jada Graham, their leading quarterback, uh, going down with a knee injury, but they're responding very well and they're making the best out of it. You know, their defense is playing well. Their quarterback, Holly N Nahar, I want to say, is doing her thing. She's settling down and uh, proving she's an efficient quarterback. So you love to see that. So compared to last week, St. Thomas moves up. And then at five, Thomas drops here just a little bit. Uh, Cody said this drop is admittingly hard. And I would even argue they don't deserve to drop so much as the team deserved to be moved up. There's plenty to focus on uh, following that close overtime loss, but they bounce back and at least end their week on a dub over FMU. He said these top six spots will be a constant migraine to rank from week to week with so many phenomenal athletes on these top squads. I'd have to agree. This is tough dropping Thomas here, but... I just can't rank them over St. Thomas who beat them and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a drop here. You know, they go from basically three to five. Not too much of a drop, though. So there you go. Then we have Kansas Wesleyan uh, at six. Obviously, they played and they had their season opener this uh, last week against Cotty College. Cody said, what better way to start your season? I would have... Uh, catapulted Wesleyan higher, but I think a win over the understaffed uh, Cotty team should be taken with a grain of salt as their major challenge is March 4th, aka today, uh, on Friday, against the defending KCAC and national champs. I would have to agree, this Friday or today, you know, this is going to be a big matchup. You know, if Kansas Wesleyan uh, beats Ottawa, which, you know, I, in my opinion, I think they have uh, the players to do so potentially, then that'll shake up a lot of things here in our power rankings. And uh, we'll, we'll have to see from there. So there you go. Uh, at seven, we have St. Mary's. He said, close but no cigars, or close but no cigar, is the quote of Thursday's matchup for St. Mary's, as some great deep balls fell to the turf more often than they fell in a receiver's hands. Part of that could be attributed to the injury report of their top receiver, but fortunately for St. Mary's, they came out victorious in their second game with a plethora of solid performances. Not a bad dub for playing back-to-back -back after the defending champs. Completely have to agree. Um, I mean, I can't move St. Mary's. I, I would have been able to if they beat Ottawa, obviously. Uh, still put up a pretty good fight, but... You know, definitely looked a little rusty against the defending champs, so that's okay. They'll get a couple more shots at them uh, later on in this season. So, uh, so yeah. But St. Mary's and Kansas Wesleyan basically staying right here at six and seven. At eight, Weber is actually staying here as well. Uh, Cody said, my Sun Conference sleepers pick appear to still be in hibernation. Their schedule has been tough, but when will this program turn the corner? 
Costly mistakes and sloppy play, unfortunately, summarizes this most recent loss to Kaiser. I'd have to agree, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, look, they have too much talent to not get going. You know, at least that's how I see it. I think they will. Last week, obviously, they had Sam Wilson, the freshman quarterback. There's only so much you could really ask out of a freshman. So, you know, there you go there. But at the same time, Weber is much better than this eighth-ranked spot. But for now, they're going to stay here, along with Florida Memorial at 9. Cody did say, honestly, these last two games have me very confident in this FMU squad heading forward. A close win over Midland, and then only a 9-point loss to a very stacked Thomas squad has me believing that the chemistry is starting to develop. All of that being said, their schedule doesn't get any easier, and if they want a chance at being taken seriously, an upset over St. Thomas would go a long way before they have a couple weeks off to prepare for Weber. Honestly, uh, I just gotta agree with that. I mean, I like that they made it a close game against Thomas. That would've been crazy if they pulled off that upset. But you know what? They're just short. Um, and, you know, they should still be proud of their performance. I mean, you, you're trying to build a program here. You're trying to build off of success uh, when you can find it. And I think Florida Memorial is doing that after, the getting, after getting the first dub over Midland last week. So, there you go. Uh, at number 10 here, uh, I actually put Milligan. Cody put Milligan at 11, but I'm putting them at 10 here. Uh, basically, he said... Milligan's dropping down a little bit simply because they haven't played, and I really wanted to reward Cotty's offense. Uh, he had Cotty at 10. It does look like we will get our first taste of Milligan in about a week against a sliding Weber team, so obviously excited for that. Uh, but like I said, in our power rankings, Milligan is at 10, and then Cotty is at 11. Um, he put Cotty at 10. I'm going to read off his reason. He said, moving Cotty up here after showing signs of life on offense against St. Mary's. Um, the offense has a lot of room to grow, uh, but with the stud linebacker and safety combo, I think he's referring to Daniela Goodrich and Kenzie Mur Murdoch here, there's a silver lining in what has been a bumpy few weeks, and I would absolutely have to agree. Look, Kenzie Murdoch, by the way, happy belated birthday to uh, our homegirl over there uh she's been doing her thing obviously she's playing linebacker so like you know there's only so much she could do but she's holding it down best she could over there Daniela Goodridge like I said in the recap um, made some pretty good plays at safety you know definitely a lot to be excited about here but really it's just up to Cotty's offense to you know begin to gel and figure some things out so we'll uh, we'll see uh, what they do here but you know against the St. Mary's team uh, they didn't do too bad apparently so I love to see that at 12 we have Midland here <sighs> they uh, they're not moving up or down um, at least compared to last week I think Cody said if Midland keeps up this clown fiesta of this quarterback carousel uh, first off I'm going to vomit because my stomach can't handle violently oh my god violently spinning rides and second they will fall to number 13 if they rotate three quarterbacks and still lose they have a whole week to figure something out at least that that was a lot i'm, I'm not gonna lie that's a lot but yeah i'd have to agree midland they need to find a quarterback 
you know, and at the very least, they need to start putting up points um, with um, whatever quarterback combo they choose. So we'll just have to see about that. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. Just keep in mind, you know, last uh, last week against Ottawa was the first time a lot of these quarterbacks were starting. So we'll, we'll see them settle in here as it goes on. And then lastly, we have Xavier at 13. He said no movement here until this program can secure a dub. Agreed. I don't think they played this last weekend, so there's not too much more to add on there. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Those are the power rankings for this week. They will be posted on our Instagram and social medias as well. Alright, so uh, before we name our playmaker of the week, let's talk about some players that really stood out this week. Uh, I got three right here. I got three that stood out here. Number one is Kaiser's Ariana Payne uh, against Warner and Weber. She was pretty key here key here in uh, both of those victories against Warner. She had about 13 flag pulls and a pretty clutch pass deflection in the fourth quarter. And then against Weber, she had five flag pulls and a pick six in that game as well. That pick six would basically put Weber away there. Um, another playmaker that I want to shout out real quick is Ottawa University's quarterback, Madison Carrera. She just had very good games against Midland and St. Mary's. Um, against Midland, she won 19 of 28 for 213 passing yards, four touchdowns, only through two interceptions, but she also rushed for 80 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then against St. Mary, uh, she threw for four passing touchdowns and had run rushing touchdown, uh, no interceptions or turnovers in that game. And then last but not least, I want to talk about Brianna Hernandez-Silva, the quarterback for Kansas Wesleyan University. She went 13 of 24 for 143 passing yards, 6 passing touchdowns, 76 rushing yards on 7 attempts, and a rushing touchdown in a pretty big win in their season opener against Cody college now the person that i gotta give this title to is brianna hernandez silva i think she is the week three playmaker of the week uh, i mean she just put up stats seven total touchdowns that's pretty insane here i mean she had just a very good game against Cotty. so congrats to her and then last but not least here you know let me just talk about the games to watch here in week Four. So starting March 4th, that is Friday, when this episode comes out. So the games may have already happened, or you are listening to this now, and they will be happening soon. But we have Ottawa versus Kansas Wesleyan. That will take place at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. And then right after that, you have Cotty College versus Kansas Wesleyan. That will take place at 7 p.m. Central Time. Then the next day, Saturday, uh, you have three games here. St. Thomas University versus Florida Memorial. That'll be played at 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then you have Warner versus Thomas here. That'll be a really big game to look out for. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things going on there as far as power rankings go and rankings and all that great stuff here. Uh, both colleges, you know, definitely playing a little bit above the expectation from the preseason. So that'll be a good one. That'll take place at 345 p.m. Eastern time, and then uh, right before that game, though, you have Thomas versus Weber. Uh, Weber trying to bounce back here, gain some footing here. That'll be played at 12.45 Eastern 
time. And then on March 10th, that is Thursday, you have Kaiser versus St. Thomas University at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So there you go there. Those are the games to look out for in week four. All right, so boom, there you go. That's basically everything here. Uh, I Look, I know we talked about having a high school girls flag football update here in these episodes. We will start that next week because I know a lot of teams are beginning their season. I know in Florida they have some preseason stuff going on. Uh, Arizona had some games tonight. I believe Hamilton got their first ever uh, uh, dub you know, in this inaugural season over there. So congrats to them. We'll talk about that more going to next week. We'll probably do a poll or something like that. Uh, you know, maybe have y'all elect a uh, playmaker of the week on the girls high school flag football level. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to see about that. But just want to throw that out there. Also, another update that we're going to throw out there as well. The Elite 11 is inviting uh, girls to a, a camp of theirs. You know, they ha- they hosted one last year. You know, I believe it was mostly Florida talent this year. It looks like a lot of the same. Just wanted to, just wanted to say, you know, first off, best of luck to all the great athletes that are going to go out there and compete. There's always a lot to learn from there. Second of all, you know, if you are one of those athletes, hey, reach out to us because we are trying to put together a nice list so that we can eventually do a film breakdown of you and kind of put you on here, you know. Uh, a lot of y'all deserve some credit, so there you go there. But that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast pmc fam thank you so much for supporting us you know we work really hard on this uh women's flag football is something we're super passionate about and honestly it's a true honor to get to cover these elite athletes out here just doing their thing and being pioneers of the game and just being absolutely great role models so uh so yeah but if you want to look at more of our content or watch more of our content, you know, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel or our Twitch. You know, we'll be uh, doing live streams there and posting uh, some of our episodes and live stream episodes on our YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe, follow those, uh, like our videos and whatnot. We really appreciate that. If you are listening to us on a major streaming platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, which we assume you are, you know, go ahead and show us some love. Give us a good rating, a good review. We really appreciate those. Also, you know, women's flag football recaps. Those are going to be on Fridays now. Yes, that is right. Uh, women's flag football does have the primetime Friday slot. And so, boom, there you go. That's going to be something that's going to uh, be basically the mainstay from here on out. And so, our weeks, at least how we categorize categorize them we'll start on friday and then go to thursday and so that's how we'll cover all of those games and then our recap episode will drop on friday just like this one talking about all the games recapping them you know doing power rankings talking about playmakers talking about games to watch all that great stuff and so if you want to know when that is dropping even though i said it is dropping every friday from here on out (laughs) go ahead and follow us on our social media that's facebook instagram twitter at playmakers corner uh you know we really appreciate that And uh, yeah, thank you so much for rocking with us and we'll catch you next week.